0: And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer.
1: Good afternoon, everybody. This is Captain Jim Palmer, the dream business coach, coming to you once again from Northern Maryland, Chesapeake City, to be exact, where we spent a great summer here. And um, I have the great pleasure of interviewing a friend of mine, kind of a... Somebody I actually met at an event several years ago. It's actually where I bought my boots, (laughs) my my boots that I love from Nashville, Um, Lori Hibna. She is an entrepreneur. She has the experience of going from a one-woman operation at a kitchen table, which is probably about close to when I met her, to running two marketing agencies that serve clients from coast to coast. As a beloved CEO and leader, she shares a wealth of wisdom and knowledge acquired while building her businesses again from a one-woman kitchen table show to many many people that helped her one of her strengths um, as a businesswoman she's a presenter and speaker she's not afraid to tell it like it is which is something we both share and um, she believes that in all circumstances it's important to view life in dynamic original ways and to also keep a sense of humor she spends uh, a lot of her free time in her art studio walking her dogs and doing a variety of activities with her husband, children, and grandchildren. So, Lori, how are you doing today?
2: I'm doing great, Jim. Thanks for having me.
1: So, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say it's, it's um, quarter after the hour, and it's a good thing I don't have enough. Usually, I'm every 30 minutes, but I don't have because you and I have been catching up for 20 minutes before we hit the, the go button here. And um, it's, man, I cannot believe the success you had when we met at, um, at that event in Nashville where if you ever go to Nashville, you can walk, I forget the, the street, but we bought like four pair of boots for, it was crazy. Everybody sells boots, 10 for a dollar, not really, but you get buy one and get three free or whatever. But you and I met, you were fairly getting uh, pretty new in the business, right? Of providing like VA services.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So basically we were um, at that point in Nashville. Um, oh my goodness. I was probably, I'm going to, I can't, remember the exact year, but I, I'm gonna guess oh, that it 12 was, maybe? That's what I was gonna say is maybe twelve or yep. yeah, twenty twelve or twenty thirteen, somewhere in there. So yeah, I was I was very new um, into to having my own business. It was uh, it's been a wonderful and sometimes very stressful learning curve.
1: Now, I know that you've had great success. I was looking at your website and I'm like, look at all the staff <laughs> and, you know, and, but I'm sure that didn't happen overnight. So what what was your original dream? You know, when you, you know, be, be, back then BA was semi-new. I mean, there were people doing it, but I mean, today it's like this huge industry, really, you know, 1099 subcontractors, but you kind of grew your original BA business into a, a real company.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, the, you know, the dream was um, I'm going to stay home. I've always worked always through all of my children. Um, usually, when my boys were younger, I have four children, and my when my boys were younger, I did a lot of you know home gigs, you know side gigs from home, things I could do to bring in a little extra money. Um, once they got into oh well, I don't know middle school or so, we um, I went back into the workforce and I. I, well, I never liked it, quite frankly. I, yeah. I, I just didn't like working for other people. Um, but I did. I worked in hospitality and tourism, and then I worked for a, a podiatrist, and that kind of got me started. While I was doing all of that, I was finishing an IT degree and uh, emphasis with multimedia, so I loved different types of media, different types of communication. And, you know, the dream when I, when I left... All of those jobs the dream was to stay home in my slippers now and this was in Michigan right so when I started the business it was in July but I was already anticipating um, the Michigan winters right and I hate winter I just hate winter and well, that's <laughs> a
1: bad state to be in if you hate winters
2: I know I didn't used to hate winter um, <laughs> then I lived in Michigan But yeah, I I, the dream was that I was going to be able to stay home, be home for my daughter, more so than I was able to for my my other sons, and you know just be a little bit more attentive to the family. And so the dream was I was going to work from home and work from my kitchen table, and you know do odd things here and there in the marketing world, do different things for different people, and and work, you know, I was working partially as a virtual assistant to a couple different people. And, you know, it it just kind of mushroomed from there. And uh, then I turned it all into a digital marketing company.
1: So did you, um, I mean, so many businesses are built because the entrepreneurs um, perceive there to be a need. Um, Did you already know a lot about like social media and other digital kind of marketing? Is this something you saw there was a need so you went and learned it or did you hire everybody or kind of all, all of the above?
2: Um, actually, it was more I saw a need and I went and learned it. Um, I didn't know anybody really that was doing it and doing it well. And so digital marketing at the time, I was, I was geared a lot more towards the actual programming. I, I would write the code for websites and program. And that was back before it was so simple. This is when you actually had to know code. <laughs>
1: Don't but, tell me like Fortran. <laughs> I mean, like code, code. Wow.
2: Yeah. Like code, code. I, I was one of those people. Oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, I started it with the idea that, you know, I was just going to do people's websites from home and it just kind of mushroomed and Within six months of working from my kitchen table, I hired an assistant. She was a virtual, not a virtual assistant, but she was a 1099 assistant. And then like two months later, I hired my first employee and then two months later, and you know, within a year we were up to, hmm, I wanna say I had three employees and three subcontract employees. And yeah, it just continued to grow and about a year after that, so two years in, I rented our first office space, and so there's this big, beautiful office in Michigan um, that is sitting empty because nobody's going back to work. <laughs> nobody's oh going God. into the business. Yeah, yeah. So it's always it's always been fun and interesting.
1: You know, that's it. So I want to ask you a question about that because one of the things I've been kind of seeing is that um, you know a lot of companies which might may have shared shied away from. Workers, you know, work people allowing their employees to work at home, now being forced to do it for at least, you know, the last three or four months, they're finding, well, what do I need that big expensive place in Manhattan or somewhere else? When it, when the company really does keep running, did you find that? Do you prefer to have people all in one roof or?
2: Yeah, you know, it's kind of interesting. So, um, I I was really nervous uh, because some people work really well. home. I've always been one of those people that works well. I like the ability to um, work on my own schedule. Uh, I've always worked remotely. Well, since I started everything and I've always enjoyed it, but not everybody does. And I've gone through both extremes with employees, right? Some, some employees can do it and some employees can't. Um, and one of the things, I mean, there is a silver lining to, you know, this pandemic that we've had to work through. And that is that, um, everybody had to get good at remote. It wasn't a, it wasn't an option. If you weren't yeah. good at remote, you weren't going to end up with a job. You were going to end up on unemployment. So for us, it, it was, uh, nerve wracking because I was worried about how it was going to work with our employees. And they all just leaned into it and they've been great. I now, and that was the biggest reason we ever we never did. I mean, we're a digital marketing agency. There's no reason why we couldn't have worked remotely, but um, that was the, the big thing for us is, is determining, you know what, you guys are killing it. And now that they've been working from home, we, we kind of did a, I don't know what you want to call it, an informal poll. Yeah, of our employees and ask them what their preferences were. And, you know, they like the idea of being able to get together once in a while, you know, and and sometimes that's really, especially in a creative industry, it's really critical that sometimes you just have those, those collaborative meetings, those, those fun experiences with each other. Um, But for the most part, they're very happy working remotely, and they'd like to see it continue.
1: And the ones who want to get together on occasion, Zoom doesn't cut it for them, right? They want to get be face-to-face.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of people really need that water cooler talk. Um, so, yeah, Zoom, Zoom is only as good as it is, right? It's, yeah. it's not quite as, as uh, I don't know, personal. And so, yeah, so there are some people who struggle with it, but, you know, there it's also stretched those people to find – life outside of work and home. And I think that's really good too.
1: Do you think you'll go back to the office or what are you, what's your plans for that? Or you don't have to say, but I'm just curious.
2: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, I, I actually think that we're going to, we will be going back to a office. I don't think we're going to be going back to an 8,500 square foot office. Yeah. Um, we will, our, our intention is to um, definitely have a space that people can meet that we can do company events at, Um, much smaller space, though, and because it is, sometimes it's just nice to meet with people, right, sometimes you just need to do that, so we're gonna, we're definitely gonna have a space, but it's, you know, probably gonna be one of those things where, hey, let's meet as a team once a week for half a day type of thing, yeah, Um, and, you know, take care of the things that we absolutely have to take care of maybe we have to arrange training for new employees um where there's more hands-on needed to, you know it's a little more difficult to train remotely mm-hmm. for certain positions so that's kind of the plan
1: what do you what do you think about the whole work-life balance i know you and i talked earlier and i i've certainly had my own my i don't even want to say the early years i think the first dozen years were 60 to 80 <laughs> hour weeks and you shared that too i mean that that whole work life balance thing that's a real myth.
2: Yeah, it really is. I I don't think it makes sense to even think about that I and mean, especially if you're an entrepreneur. If you if you're starting your own business or if you have your own business, you know that that is a myth. You just do um, putting the parameters in place so that when you can check out, you do check out, but you know, um, <laughs> one of the things I think people have to really always go back to and try to remember is, why did you start the business? I lost track of that, and it took a tragedy to bring me back to it, Um, but I lost track of why I had started the business, and I had started the business to be able to be my own boss, to be able to have more freedom, and to be able to um, see my family more, and I had lost track of that,
1: it's easy to do. Um, you know, a good friend of mine, Melanie Benson, she's helped me through a lot of mindset traps early on. And, you know, she used to tell me, so Jim, you know, let's like say we're three years in, she goes, You set a goal of this, that, and the other thing, now you're way past that. And what's your net are you working on another one? And it always seemed to me initially to be more and more, more, right? First it's cash flow, then pay down debt, and then more and more, more but she says, you know, I had a goal of, of you know, actually creating a business where I work three days a week, which I do now. And I've been doing it for, you know, five years. But I got to the point where I knew I'd be able to do it. And I was too chicken to pull the trigger, you know? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. I didn't, it's, and when I bought our first boat, which we just loved, it was more of a weekend boat. And it was like, I wanted to go down there on Fridays. Like before, I didn't want to go Friday night when the parking lot's filled. Out. I want to be down there or indoor, have Mondays off. So basically, I said I want to do calls Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. She says we'll pull the trigger, and I, you know, it's just this whole thing, you know. And I, I think entrepreneurs forget, as you said, when you start your business, what's your big goal? What's your reason? Because then you, I think, you get addicted to growth and success.
2: Yeah, and I think you get addicted to work. I mean, if you love what you do,
1: yeah,
2: it's easy to get addicted to to wanting to do more and um, be more involved in. And I am one of those people that's very guilty of working in the business, not on the business for the longest time, Um, about four years ago, ish, after a health crisis, um, I had during that health crisis, I had no choice, uh, but to let somebody else run the business, I had no choice. And that was actually probably one of the better things that ever happened to me. Um, was that health crisis. And it it allowed me to step back and say, wow, you know, the business can succeed without me, number one. Um, And two, I don't really want to go back. It helped me identify. I don't want to go as much as I love my business and I love what we do. I don't want to go back to those kind of hours. I don't ever want to go back to working 60, 70, 80 hours a week. It's just, I don't want to do that. And then life is too short for that.
1: So what's your, what, what's your schedule like today?
2: Um, well, you know, what, I, I typically work, um, my husband still works a job and he, he goes in very, very early and I'm, I'm kind of an early bird. So um, typically I still put in about anywhere from six to eight hours a day, but there are also weeks where all of a sudden I'll be like, you know what? I'm done. I'm can I'll call my assistant and I'll say cancel the rest of my week and I'm taking the time wow so and and I, I you know I can usually look at my schedule and say yeah those things can shift those things can't uh, you know so I still pay very close attention to my responsibilities but I really I know when I need to say enough is enough and even when I don't say it <laughs> my business partner will say it for me so um you know For example, last week I had to have major dental work done and he was like, you really think you're going to come back the next day feeling up to doing all this? And I said, oh yeah, yeah, of course I can do it. I can do it. And he (laughs) called my assistant and said, "Can't cancel her day tomorrow, just, just cancel it. And I was so grateful that he did that. You know, it was because I did, it was a horrible, I got to say it, I don't like dentists. so it was a horrible experience and I was so glad he did it because I would not have been useful. I would not have been productive. And um, so, you know, it's kind of a combination of learning where your limits are, but also being willing to let other people help you find those limits. Mm-hmm. And, and even at times letting other people enforce those limits. I think it's, it's good. It's so freeing. Actually, when I know I have somebody else I can one count on, and two, I know is looking out for me as well. So it's very freeing.
1: Yeah. I, I forget the date, but I'll just say seven or eight years ago, I had a double hernia and me, I'm a workaholic. I, I can work through pain. You know, I got to be there, right? And the yeah. doctor goes, you're going to want to take it probably seven days, maybe 10, but at least seven days. You're not going to want to do anything. I said, you don't know me. He goes, oh, okay. You know, <laughs> okay, tough guy, right? Oh my God. I was in excruci- excruciating pain just getting off the couch to go. And I'm like, I can't do anything. Oh, it was, it was horrible. I don't know what it is. Maybe that's an entrepreneur. I think Steph said it's a guy thing, but it's also probably a, a, an entrepreneurial thing. My business needs me, right? I got to be there. Oh, that's hard. Yeah,
2: so, it is. What were,
1: I, I'm curious what any if you had any big turning points, Lori, in your journey from when you again you were at the kitchen table running it all, then you got an assistant, and then you know you're at least two businesses that I'm aware of. And I think I'm not going to break confidence, but you said you're going to be doing even more (laughs) you got the entrepreneurial itch was there like a shift because when you start out it's like oh my god i'm getting close to my first six figures that's like a huge milestone right that's so far in the rear view mirror was there some kind of a major shift or two or three
2: um yeah you know i mean the, the major shift for me um was a it was a mindset shift actually um i both my husband and I come from blue collar families, hard working, you know, great work ethic families. And for us, you just, when you come from, sometimes when you come from that background, you forget what is possible. And for me, all of a sudden, like I said, about five years ago, when I realized I had really lost track of why I had started a business, and then I hired my, my now um, co-owner. When that happened, I was introduced to the mindset that you don't have to settle for what you thought you were going to have to settle for. Mm. And that's huge, you know? I mean, that's that, that self-talk, that message we give ourselves. And I learned quickly by being introduced to people way smarter than myself that i was the one limiting my income potential i was the one limiting the growth of my business i was the one putting those things in place and part of it was that mentality that i would always be blue collar i would always be you know i would always have to work hard till the day i died i was not going to get a break so a lot of that self talk that we go through and then learning to be able to say no, right? No, I don't have to believe that. I don't have to listen to that anymore. Um, my father was an extremely hardworking man, um, had a very long, I don't even know how many years, almost 50 year career in the airline industry, went on to start his own accounting business. Um, so I, I was able to witness hard work. Yes. From a, my entire life. So what I had not paid attention to is what he gained when he started his own business. Now, of course I was a teenager, so you don't pay attention to much of anything that anybody else does. But (laughs) I, um, you know, after giving it thought and thinking backwards, it was like, you know what? I'm the only one limiting it. It wasn't my family that was limiting it. It wasn't, it wasn't people saying things to me that was limiting it. It was my own self-talk. So um, just learning to say, no, I don't have to settle. And if I don't have to settle, what does that look like?
1: That's so interesting. We've got about seven or eight minutes. And I want to get into the whole team building thing because a lot of the folks that I get to work with are um, on the newer side and or have two or three team members. But you you grew a pretty large team. How were you able to do that?
2: Um, Well... (laughs) First of all, if anybody's ever thinking about hiring, they're already too late. They probably should have done it six months before. That's yeah, always tip number one is, you know, always hire. The minute you start thinking you need help, you already do. You're already past the point of needing help. So that was the first thing. Um, as far as hiring, you know, every time for the first 10 employees I hired, every time I hired I, it was nerve wracking. I, I would be like, oh, I gotta pay their salaries. I gotta pay all these taxes. I got, you know, what about benefits? How do I keep them happy? And you, you go down that road again, a lot of self-talk. Um, after the 10th employee, I think that I was able to kind of sit back and go, yeah, you know, this is actually not so bad. And then I had an extremely wise person say to me, you know, you, you are in business to make money. And if you don't have the right amount of people working for you then you're not going to make money because you can't you have to be able to duplicate yourself and so you know i i built it um i kind of had figured out a formula like if i bring on x number of clients that's going to equivalent into a x amount of work for my team so at what point do i need to hire so you have to figure out what your formula is you know what because, you don't, know, if you have three people, but you're trying to do, you know, a thousand hours worth of work a month, good luck, right? You're not going to have three people for very long. They're going to leave. Right. Because um, <laughs> nobody wants to work that hard. Nobody wants to work that much. And so that was one of those things. And it's, it's always a struggle. It's still a struggle, Jim. I mean, there are times where I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, do we need to add more people and the only thing I would say to people that are asking that question is, do you know your numbers well enough to say, you know, I do need somebody permanently. If, if you're in a seasonality, if there's a seasonality to your business, if there's a specific season where you're busy, like for us, um, quite frankly, August through February is crazy busy for us. But do I need to hire a permanent employee during that time or what are my other options and i always encourage people you know start start with a, a subcontract employee because you're not making a hard fast commitment and try that first and then if, after you've done that and you know how it works then move on to um the benefits of a employee on staff where you're responsible for all the taxes and everything else that go along with payroll
1: yeah and and make sure you have somebody that takes care of that for you
2: yeah (laughs) yeah for sure
1: if it's a a treasury, just turn it over to somebody else oh my goodness um so not to put you on the spot you don't have to share anything specific but like what's next i mean you've had a an amazing career um, built, built enormous success. Like, are you, are you looking at like slowing down, going to sit in a chair in the beach or you just got more thing, more mountains to climb, so to speak?
2: Oh, we definitely have more mountains to climb. So we're actually getting ready to start. Um, well, we're, our podcast will be live by the time this, um, airs for you. So we have our podcast radio show happening and that's, um, we're calling it before happy hour. So it's all things that happen before a happy hour can happen. I like that. Yeah. Um, so it's about business, but it's also about, you know, what leads up to making you happy. So it, it's, there's kind of a two way, two, two streets on that. Um, and then in addition to that, we are starting a training business um, specifically to help um, businesses hire and train with the idea that it's going to all be remote, right? Assuming, yes. assuming we continue to see trends like we are. Um, and then there is another one in the works, but I, I can't really go down that road yet.
1: <laughs> I like what you're thinking about the podcast because I mean, I have no idea what the number is, but let's say there's 10,000 a day. <laughs> it seems like new podcasts But one of the things that people often say about um, Dream Business Radio is they like the backstories. I don't, you know, you've never heard me ask, hey, Lori, if you were stuck on an island, what would be one movie you'd like to have with you? You know, (laughs) (laughs) I'm not that person. I'm just conversational. I'll, I'll fill up, you know, a good 25, 28 minutes and then and people enjoy that. So one of the things I like about what you just shared was, yeah, there's more to business than just the business. In fact, before I even asked you about your podcast, you touched on it. Like what... What else is there once you kind of grow the business you want? You can do more, but there's got to be more to life than just, you know, goals, business goals.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, you know, like we we go into business for various different reasons for everybody. Some, some it's more goal oriented, some it's, you know, income oriented, some of it's um, because you just love to work all sorts of things. But I think that the, one of the biggest issues, and i i keep bumping up against it with all of our clients when you really start talking to them and they're frustrated and they're tired and they're worn out and you ask them well why did you get into business to begin with what what drove you there and none of them say well i got into business because i just wanted to be in the business None of them. I say wanted that. freedom.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's
2: freedom. not what they, Yeah, they don't. They do not say they got into business for business. They say I got into business because I wanted to be my own boss. Right. I got into business because I didn't want to have. I didn't want to hit a ceiling with my salary. Or I got into business because I needed the flexibility of owning my own business. Or I got into business so I could work with my family. Or I got into business so I could spend more time with my family. There's all these different reasons that when you really start asking. And I think the biggest issue with that, Jim, is that as entrepreneurs, we forget why we went into business.
1: Yes. It's a distant memory. Like I'm six months or a, no, not me. I'm saying if you're six months or a year in, sometimes it's like a distant memory of what that initial spark was.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, my initial spark was, um, somebody just, uh, it was actually, uh, a gentleman who was doing evaluation on the podiatry practice and it, my spark was he, he dropped the hint in my ear. He said, I don't know why you aren't working for yourself. Mm. And, And I had had multiple personal businesses before that I had done, I had a photography business for 12 years. You know, I, so it wasn't like I just, I had just decided to go back into the workforce. And then all of a sudden realized, you know what? I really actually do prefer working for myself, but my reasons for doing so had nothing to do with working for myself. It had to do with my family.
1: That's so great. You know, there's a interesting book. It's called the tap on the shoulder or taps. Something I forget, but it's all about these, like it's like almost like that gentleman was tapping you on the shoulder. (laughs) And sometimes in life, if you're open enough, if your eyes are open, your ears are open, you got to realize I've been getting a lot of taps on the shoulder. I, you know, I better start paying attention. So. Yeah. What a great story. Wow. What a, Lori, what a fun time connecting. Um, you shared so much great uh, information. I, I'm sure people are like, keep going, Jim. But anyway, clock dick takes all. <laughs> so Lori, how can people um, connect with you, um, point them in a direction to a website or an email?
2: Yeah. You know, the best, actually the best way to connect with me is to go to our podcast website, which is b4happyhour.com. And it's the letter B, the number four, happyhour.com. Um, and then, you know, as far as an email, the best one is podcast at beforehappyhour.com.
1: That's awesome. Well, congratulations on the show. I, I will check it out. And um, it's so, it's been a blast connecting with you and, and hearing about all the success you've had.
2: Yeah, thanks, Jim. And congratulations on three years on your boat. That's amazing.
1: It went by so darn fast. It's so crazy. You know, we looked at it. We said, you know, we'll do this for a year, maybe 18 months. And then that'll be enough. Well, <laughs> about three months in, we're like, oh, my God, we we can actually change our backyard in our view pretty darn <laughs> easily. <That's laughs> and, awesome. You know, I mean, we love we were in our house for almost 30 years, raised our kids there. And it was like it was wonderful. But and then once the kids left, we were empty nesters and stuff it's like I come up the same road every day <laughs> from work <laughs> and I'm cutting the grass every. You know, every week, or two. and it's just yeah. like we wanted to do something else, and we just wanted to, we did we weren't ready to go to the townhouse, which is the step before the over fifty five <laughs> community. So we wanted to go do something fun. So we bought a fifty foot boat with a thousand horsepower, and I freaked out when the first time I had to drive it. But oh, that's cool. We've literally like seven thousand miles. We've been up and down the coast three times, to New England twice, gone through New York Harbor. I mean, it's just what we've done. I mean, we're gonna sit back and just reminisce at some point when we're old and feeble. And one of the reasons we did that, so here I'll close with this little life lesson, everybody. We we didn't want to have regrets. We didn't want to say, why didn't we do that? Right. What why did we a lot of people wait, next thing you know, you know, health comes up or something else comes up. So, um, as my, my latest book was Just Say Yes. We just say yet yeah, we just said yes and figured it out. And we're really having the time of our life. So Anyway, maybe our paths will cross, but I don't see the boat getting to the West Coast. That would be an enormous amount of fuel. So yeah, but if, if sure. you're ever on the East Coast, you know, let me know.
2: Yeah, great. That sounds like fun.
1: Okay, Lori, thanks. Thanks so much again. And um, boy, this was one long goodbye. So, <laughs> hey, folks, that wraps up this very special interview with Lori Hib- Hibma. Hibma, H-I-B-M-A, and you connect with her at her awesome podcast. I'm sure it's going to be climbing the charts by the time you hear this one. Um, connect with me at getchimpalmer.com or dreambiz, dreambizcoaching.com. But that's it. Until this time next week, another fantastic interview. You take good care.